0: 1 John chapter 5 verse verse 4. We're gonna start there. 1 John chapter 5 verse 4. I'm reading again from Amplified Bible. If you don't have one, please look on the screen. Amplified. Uh, 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. And the Bible says here: For whatever is born of God is victorious over the world. And this is the victory. That conquers the world and even our faith. Amen. The Bible says here, whatever is born of God is victorious and conquers the world. Amen. How many of you can really boldly say this morning that you are born of God? That you have Jesus as your Lord and Savior this morning? Let's see a few hands, that means there's a job to do this morning. We're going to stay here for a little bit, and we might order some fried chicken, so just hold on. Uh, but, but I'll tell you this, you know, if you're not born again, you are not born of God, I, want, I encourage you, take, take liberty this morning before you leave from this place to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Amen? Receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Uh, not many of you know this story, but I'll tell you this. Uh, I'm from India, as you know, and uh, we have 1.3 billion people in India. Out of 1.3 billion people, 80% of the people, they worship idols. 14% they worship Allah. They're really radical in their faith. And only 2.3% are Christians in India. And during British, when British was ruling India, uh, there was a missionary uh, came from Europe to my place and he was sharing gospel with my uh, family and we, in my hometown and my great grandfather he was not a he was a, he was a, a radical hindu he's a hindu scholar and if you don't know why you believe in jesus he can tear your brain apart and he can uh, really make you look bad and uh, he used to make fun of christians and debate with christians and this missionary came up to his place and he was teaching a bible study under a under a tree, and uh, my great-grandfather went up to him and said, I don't like you, and if you come back tomorrow, I'm going to kill you. So don't come here. But the missionary stayed away from my great-grandfather, but he began to do his Bible study with a group of people. And uh, one afternoon, these words echoed all the way from the Bible study, where my great-grandfather was uh, working on his farm, he was a farmer by trade, and uh, uh, the missionary said out of his mouth, If you believe in Jesus, you don't need to die, because Jesus already died for you. And those words echoed all the way where he was working by the Holy Spirit, and after the Bible study, he came up to the missionary and said, uh, I'm not going to kill you, but tell me what it means that if I believe in Jesus, I don't need to die that he died for me and so they had a Bible study for three weeks and you need to understand only only in, in, in Jesus only in the Bible only in Christianity you have forgiveness you have hope you have redemption and you have healing and you have life after death it's only can be found in, in Jesus in the Bible In Christianity, so when this Hindu scholar found out that he can be forgiven, he can be restored, he can be redeemed, and he can be healed, and he can be having life after death, he gave his life to Jesus that afternoon. Amen? And I want to to challenge you this morning. You might be born again Christian, or you're backsliding, or you're still trying to find your way, but I want to tell you, if you want to overcome the world, you want to be victorious in this lifetime, in this crisis, whatever is going on, I want to tell you, Jesus Christ is the answer. Jesus Christ is the Savior. Jesus Christ is the one who's going to give you hope, who's going to give you redemption, and he's gonna, He can heal you inside out, and He can make you a brand new person. But it's going to start you walking with jesus as your lord and savior amen. amen and that's why the bible says whoever is born of god is victorious and he or she will overcome the whole world will overcome what happened in the past will overcome what what's going on in in you right now will overcome what the enemy is trying to put in your mind and deceive you and depress you because Jesus is the Lord in your life. Things can change no matter what's going on. Amen? You are a victory believer. Amen? You are a victory believer no matter what you see or what you hear on the news, on the radio, or what the enemy is uh, trying to do. But I want to challenge you this morning. If you are a born-again Christian, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, you are victorious. Your victorious mother, your victorious father, your victorious sister, brother, wh- whoever, who, whatever are what's going on, as long as you have Jesus in your life, as long as you are following what this book is saying, as long as you fellowship with the Holy Spirit and you have a local church, you have a pastor, you can walk in victory. You can walk in victory. You can overcome anything what your mind is saying right now. Your mind is saying something to you right now about what what, what the enemy has done. What the the enemy is trying to harass your mind right now. I I, want you to say this. I rebuke those thoughts by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I'm a new person. I'm a new creature. Because I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I rebuke those torments to leave me. In Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You are, you, are, you are a victory believer. Amen. You are a victory believer. If you would, let's turn to uh, Old Testament here for a little bit. Let's go to uh, 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. I want to show you something here. Most of these are familiar to you. Nothing is new. But faith comes by hearing, and hearing the word of God. So I want you to go to 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6, we're going to start reading from uh, verse 8. 2 Kings chapter 6, start from verse 8. When the king of Syria was warring against Israel after counseling with his servants, in such and such a place shall be my camp so the king of syria was trying to invade the nation of israel and he wants to conquer them and he wants to defeat them and occupy them and uh, he was making a plot here in verse 9 notice this then the man to the king of israel saying be aware that you pass not such a place for the syrians are coming down there and who is this man of God? Elisha. Elisha was uh, revealed. He, he, he was revealed. God has revealed this through Holy Spirit, which is we can now say in the New Testament, the word of knowledge, the nine gifts of the Spirit in, second, in, in 1 Corinthians 12. So God has revealed this to Elisha in verse 9. So he actually sent a word ahead of time before the enemy was able to go there and the king of Israel is, you know, before he went there, Elisha already told him, be aware that you pass not such a place for the Syrians are coming down there. Then the king of Israel sent to the place of which Elisha told and warned him and thus he protected and saved himself there repeatedly. So it's not just one time, it happened more than one time. Verse 11, Therefore the mind of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. He was called his servants and said, Will you show me who of us is for the king of Israel? One of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha the prophet who tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedchamber. In verse 13, the Bible says, And he said, Go and see where he is, that I may send and seize him. It was told him, He is in Dothan. So the Syrian king sent their horses, chariots, and a great army. They came by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of man of God rose early and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was around the city, Elisha's servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? You know, that's what most of the people are going to do, or some of the Christians might do, when things are happening, when you hear thing, uh, when you hear news. But notice what, what verse 16, the Bible says, Elisha answered, Fear not, fear not, World Harvest Church of Paducah. Fear not, the body of Christ. Fear not, mother and son and daughter and father, for those who are with us are more than those with them. Amen? For those who are with us are more than the ones you see around. And if you notice what's happening here in verse 17, then Elisha prayed, Lord, I pray you open his eyes that he may see And the Lord opened the young man's eyes and he saw and behold a mountain full of horses and on chariots of fire around about Elisha, his servant. We are God's servants. We are God's children. And we are his vessels. And we are his position. And no wicked one, no unreasonable person no premature death, no sickness and disease, no wiles of the enemy can surround you because there is more with you today. And as you walk away from here, then what do you see around you or what do you hear around you because the chariots of fire. Amen? The chariots of fire, the angels of God, the Lord of hosts is with you. Then what do you see around you, or what you hear are happening around you. And this is what I want you to uh, pay attention this morning as you leave from this place, that the Lord of hosts is with you. The chariots of fire is with you. And His God's presence is in you. And you don't need to give a rip what you hear on the news or what the enemy is trying to do in your life because you know why jesus is the king of kings and he is the lord of lords and he is the coming king and he is there praying his high priestly prayers for you And the Lord of hosts has sent an army of angels and chariots of fire. And the Holy Ghost is living inside of... He's the great uh, CII and he's the great personal bodyguard, you and I. As we fellowship with him, as we trust and rely upon him, you know, we are more than a conqueror. We are victory believers because we have victory because Jesus is victorious and He is victorious because of that. We don't need to give a rip what the enemy is trying to do or what your mind is telling you. But we can have victory shout no matter what because the more of God is in you and around you and upon you than anything what you hear or see or feel in your life. Amen. You know, my, my, God spoke to my father one day to go to a certain area it's a junction of four four towns coming together and god told him to do a a crusade there and uh, this is a place where they worship idols and uh, they actually do blood sacrifices there's a lot of hostility there god spoke to my father to go and do a uh, a crusade for four nights and they gathered everybody for the first night. They, had, they, have, they have 730 people first night. Before the meeting has begun, uh, uh, the city council uh, commissioner came up to uh, the meeting and asked one of the pastors, What's going on here and what you guys are doing? And the pastor looked at uh, uh, this commissioner and said, We're having a gospel meeting here. And uh, we're going to preach uh, about Jesus. And the commissioner said, who gave permission? And who is head of this play or this meeting? And uh, they pointed at my father and said, uh, uh, who's, uh, who's standing at the stage? So the commissioner, the city commissioner, went up to my father and said, uh, uh, who gave you permission? Why are you hosting this meeting? Why you have this many people here? And my father said, Jesus gave me permission, and I'm preaching the gospel, and uh, we're going to plant some churches here in this area. And uh, the city commissioner said, I want you to pack up everything and leave from here. If not, you're going to die. You know what my father did? You know what my father did? He said, do what you want to do but I'm going to obey Jesus, and I'm going to preach the gospel. Amen? And you know what the city commissioner did? He took a knife out of his pocket and put it on his neck and said, I'm telling you, if you don't go, you're going to die here. And my father said, my father folded his Bible and said, Mr., the one you're holding, that knife, might only kill me, but this sword here Jesus has conquered everything 2,000 years ago on the cross and you cannot touch my soul and my spirit and if you want, go ahead. And when my father looked into this man's eyes and he spoke boldly, you know what? Something has changed there. You know why? There is more with my father that day. The chariots of fire, the angels of God are backing him up because he didn't back up because somebody told him, He cannot have that meeting that day. And you know what the city commissioner said? I don't see this confidence in my religion. And he walked away from that meeting. And they had, they were able to plant four churches after four nights. And those churches are still thriving today in in South India. Because somebody didn't back up. Somebody stood and somebody said, you know what? There is more with me. And Jesus has conquered everything for me on the cross 2,000 years ago. And there He didn't give a rip because He didn't give a rip. You know what happened? God backed Him up. God backed Him up. And I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you as a mother, as a father, sister and brother, as a husband and wife. Don't back off. Don't back off. When you feel the pressure, when, when you feel bombarded in your mind, in your thought life or you see pressure around you, you need to remember and you need to pray what the Bible says in 2 Kings chapter 6, how Elisha prayed and said, Lord, open my servant's mind and eyes that he may see. Amen? And you can pray, Father, help me and give me strength and ability to overcome everything what the enemy is doing because there is more with me and around me and upon me. Because the chariots of fire is there for you. Amen? The chariots of fire are waiting on you. And it's our time that we need to rise up. That we need to, we need to move forward in our, in our lifetime. We have a window of opportunity opened in, in this lifetime before Jesus comes back. We have a window of opportunity opened before you see changing. Do you know that there's going to be a change? Do you know that there's going to be a shift coming to our nation? You're going to see something in the next 60 days you haven't seen before. You're going to see a change and outpouring of the Holy Spirit revival and a great awakening coming to our nation like never before. But we have to step up and we cannot back off and we need to believe, and we need to move forward as a body of Christ. As a husband, as a mother, as a father, as a wife, as a brother and sister, as a body of Christ, we need to continue to walk in victory every day. Not just for 60 minutes in the church and pastor pumps you up and you go home and do whatever you're going to do, but you have an assignment if you want to walk in victory every day. Amen? You have an assignment from the Lord Jesus, and it starts today. Amen. It starts today. I want you to go to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. Uh, it's 11:35, so you're not too late to eat lunch. so give me a little bit of time. Amen. Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16.. <clears throat> Mark chapter 16, starting from verse 14. Mark 16, starting from verse 14. Notice what's happening here. After Jesus appeared to the eleven apostles themselves, as they reclined at table, and he reproved and reproached them for their unbelief. Notice this. Because of their unbelief that they don't believe that he is risen their lack of faith and their hardness of heart because they had refused to believe those who had seen Jesus and looked at him attentively after he had risen from the death. So Jesus rebuked them sternly. In verse 15, Jesus said to them, Go into all the world and preach and publish openly the good news, the gospel to of the whole human race. So he rebuked them because of their unbelief. And immediately he gives them great commission to go out. Do you see that? So he didn't just say, "Uh, I'm sorry guys, I might have to find somebody else. But he rebuked them and said, I'm here with you. I am risen. At the same time, he's giving them a commission to go out and preach the gospel. Amen. You know, that's what Jesus will do with us. And that's what he's been doing since the beginning when Adam and Eve, when they disobeyed, when they failed their commission. You know what? He sent Jesus to die on on the cross so that we can be restored back from the Garden of Eden, from that sin, from that uh, bondage. And he's doing it again and he's going to begin to do for you and I. He's not going to leave us. As I said this morning during the transition, some of you might feel like you are a zero or nothing is happening in your life. But remember, as long as you stand next to the number one Jesus, you have value in your life. Amen? Jesus is number one. He is number one and you might be a zero, but you have value. The more zeros stand next to Jesus, you have more value. Amen? And I want to challenge you and encourage you, don't throw the, don't throw the towel down or throw the devil, towel, but fight. Fight a good fight of faith. Yeah. And you're going to fight through this word. Praying in the spirit and walking in the spirit and coming to local church and supporting the local church and listening to your pastor. This is how you're going to fight. Amen. And uh, if you notice, you know he sternly rebuked them, and he gives them great commission. In verse sixteen, he who believes, who adheres to, trusts in, and relies on the gospel, and him who sits sets forth, is baptized, will be saved from the penalty of eternal death. And he who does not believe, who does not adhere to, or trust in, and rely on the gospel, uh, who sets forth, will be condemned. And these are testing signs will accompany those who believe in my name. Notice what they're going to do in Jesus' name. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new languages, which is praying in the Spirit. And they will pick up servants. And even if they drink anything deadly, you don't just go and catch a snake unless you're, you're on a mission for Jesus. And Jesus can help you if you come across a snake. And if you drink anything deadly, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick. Amen? You lay hands on the sick and what happens? They will get well. They're not sent to the hospital. Amen? They're not sent for tests. They're going to recover. Amen? So, remember, you have a job to do. Amen? We have a job to do. We have a window of opportunity opened before things change before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, but we need to be ready. We need to be ready. It's not pastor's job. It's all of our job. We have to work as a team. Amen? You know, there are other teams outside, and we need to join them. Amen? Because you know why? We have the Holy Spirit in us, and upon us, and we can do more. We can do more. And uh, let me... me, uh, let me just continue here. I'm, uh, I think I'm, I'm about to say something, but I'm just going to hold on. And these signs will sign, accompany those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons. They will speak in new languages. They will pick up serpents. Even if they drink anything deadly, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will get well. Verse 19... So, the, so then, notice what happened. So then, the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven, and he sat at the right hand of God. Amen? And notice what happened in verse 20. And they went out. And they went out. And preached everywhere. While the Lord kept working with them. And confirming the message. By the attesting signs and miracles that closely accompany them. Amen. So be it. So when when does the signs begin to happen? When they went out. When they began to preach. When they began to share Jesus of Nazareth. When they began to share that you know what? You might feel like a zero my friend at the gas station. At the restaurant at, at, at a hotel and somebody you know in your family tell you you can have value in your life because Jesus is the Lord and he's the king and he's the victorious because of him you can have victory in your life you might come across somebody who might be having cancer who might have tuberculosis might have tumor back pains But you have to go and say, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazarene, I'm believing Mark 16. And I'm going to see a healing miracle here. And that cancer is gone. That tumor is gone. That depression is gone. When you go out, that's where you see these signs happening. Amen. When you go out and begin to apply the word of God and obey the word of God... You're going to have a revival wherever you go. Amen? You're going to have a revival wherever you go. And you know what? I am not perfect, but I'm contending to be perfect. And I'm contending to go and have a revival wherever I go. And I have seen some things happen this year. In the midst of pandemic, in the midst of churches being shut down, God began to move. Move in my life and ministry, in my family, as I, as I went out. As I went out. As I went out, God began to show up. God began to show up. And let me share a couple of things with you. Some of those stories before it gets 12 o'clock. I have 15 minutes. Uh, one of the things is... Uh, w- w- one of the things... W- w- you know, I, ha- I had a probably... 10 or 12 cancellations so far with going and preaching at different churches because some of the churches, they were not ready. They're shutting down. And uh, I thought to myself, what should I do? And as I began to pray, this was uh, March of this year, 2020. God told me, be on the radio and do a segment and encourage people during this pandemic. So I called uh, Bristol Broadcasting and I said, I need some time on the radio. Can you help me? And they asked me, what what do you want to do? And I said, I just want to read a scripture and encourage people. And uh, they said, okay, you can come. And uh, uh, they they actually gave me, God actually gave me favor there. They said, whatever you can pay, go ahead and pay. Whatever you cannot pay, we're going to match your price. So I'm on different four stations around western Kentucky, southern Illinois, Tennessee, and I was able to reach out to people was, during this pandemic, and uh, I began to hear some testimonies out of this, you know, what I did for the last few months. And also, we be, uh, do outreaches uh, for Mother's Day and Father's Day in our own neighborhood, and uh, people began to come. People began to come, and they told me, uh, in the last 60 years, there was no gospel meeting in this subdivision, and you're the first one to come. And do these meetings, and we built a momentum there, and it's still going on today. And one of the testimonies I want to share from that, there was a Catholic lady. She lives in my subdivision, and she stopped me one day and said, uh, "Brother, what's going on in your ministry?" And I began to share with her, and she said, "My son, he's uh, uh, he's depressed. He has suicidal thoughts, and he has anxiety." And I know there's a spirit which is causing behind it. But the church where he goes is not teaching anything about that. And the medical field put a medicine on them, on him. And it's not really helping him. Can you pray and believe with me? And uh, I thought, well, for a Catholic, you know better that there's a spirit behind than just saying that, you know, like, so she knows something about it. And I laid hands on her in the middle of the street, and my two girls were with me. You know what she even said? Children, I need your faith. Can you join with me in prayer? So my two girls were there, and they holded hands. And, her, and the power of God came down, and I gave her some scriptures to give it to her son. And uh, she texted me back and said, your prayers are working, and he's getting better. Keep on praying for him. Amen? Keep for him. And, uh, uh, you know, I got a phone call from a guy who lives in Wingo, Kentucky. And he's an ex-drug addict. And there are three ex-drug addicts. They want to to clean themselves. They want to have a new start in their life. And uh, uh, they they told me, can you come and start a Bible study with us? We want to be accountable to you. And so I drove. uh, I was really tired in my flesh. After end of the day, cutting grass and doing landscaping, and I thought, who's going to go to drive to Vingo, Kentucky for 30 minutes? And uh, I never met these guys. Some of these guys, I don't know them. And, but you know what? I had to believe God. And God told me if I don't go, uh, He told me I won't see what this book says. And God told me this is what I'm designed to do. So I repented and I cleaned up and I got into my SUV. And I began to pray in the Spirit and drive for those 30 minutes. And the GPS didn't even know where this guy lives. He's somewhere in the soybean fields. And uh, nobody... uh, That's the only house, I'm telling you. There's a cattle ranch and this house. field. So I walked into the house. And uh, uh, the guy told me, uh, 11 years ago, this is my drinking bar. This is where I used to drink and party. But today... I wanted to share the Bible from here. And this is where I want to change my life. Amen? And three rough guys. End of the night, I was there from 7 o'clock till 9.50 in the night. Then I told them I need to go home. And I asked her, do you have anything to change and repent? And they said yes. And they, they repented of what they're struggling and they want to change. And I prayed with them. And I, and I encouraged them to read the book of Acts, and I walked away from that place with satisfaction. Amen. Amen. And during the 10th revival we did at uh, World Harvest Church here, right next to the building, uh, there was this one man. He's 70 years old. When I went and preached at a church in Metropolis last year, uh, when I gave an altar call for him to re- for for people to receive Jesus. This was the first guy to raise his hand and he said, I need Jesus in my life. So I, I, I prayed with him and he received the Lord and after the service, his wife comes running to me and says, uh, you know how I've been praying for my husband for 50 years to come to Jesus and tonight he came to Jesus. Amen. So he'd been solid in the church for one year And they came to the 10th revival at our church in September. And uh, on the last night, notice this. In September, it's getting dark a little bit earlier. And they live in Metropolis. This is still during this uh, stupid pandemic. And uh, 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 they're in their 70s, but they drive across the bridge and they come to the revival. On the last night, he came to the altar with his wife. And said, I have multiple heart problems. Only 70 hospitals in the United States can check his blood pressure. And doctor said, we don't know what to do with you. And he asked me, can you pray and minister to me? And I put my Bible on him. And I said, Father, according to Acts 10.38, how, Jesus, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with Holy Spirit, and how Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Amen. And I prayed and I asked Jesus to restore his heart to be normal. You know, nothing, nothing dramatic happened that night. He didn't fall down. Nothing happened. You know, he didn't tell me that I feel better. But you have to believe. These signs will follow those who believe. Not those who just fake out or, you know, just feel good for a little bit and go home and say, you know what, I don't know what happened. You know, maybe that preacher is a false prophet. You know, that's what people say sometimes when nothing is happening because they don't do their job. Uh, so anyway, uh, I'm going somewhere, but I had to put myself here. So uh, so after three weeks, after the 10th revival here in September, uh, they called me and they said, "I went to my doctor, and doctor checked everything at Vanderbilt, and they said that his doctor told him, "We don't understand. We don't understand, but your heart is functioning not just 100, 110 percent right. 110 percent right. And who can do that? Who can do that? Jesus. Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords, He's the healer, He's the deliverer, He's the restorer, and He's the one who gives life when there is no life. And He's the one who can drive out demons and sickness and disease and evil spirits. And when you believe what what the Word says, when you stand on His Word and go and do what His Word is saying, He's going to back you up. He's going to back you up. And this man, he's in his 70s, and he's enjoying his life today. Amen? 110%, only Jesus can do that. But somebody has to obey Jesus and go and lay hands on and pray and do something. You know, they did their job. You know, They drove all the way from Metropolis to come to the tent revival. They didn't give a rip and give excuses and say, It's getting late in the night. I'm 70 years old. There's this stupid pandemic. They didn't give any excuses. They came. And because they came, God honored it. And because uh, somebody obeyed God in the meeting, God restored things for them. Amen? You know, if you stay at home, that's fine. Stay at home. But if you can come, come to church. Right? You know, if you think, you know, only Pastor Chris can do this, go to bed. Because this, this is not going to work for people who go to bed And stay at home. It's going to work for people who go out. Who go out and preach. And restore. And share the hope of Jesus Christ with people. Amen. 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 You know. Last thing. It's I have seven minutes. Last thing. uh, I want to share this with you. You know. uh, mm, mm, The Lord told me to believe Him. To do a couple of meetings. Actually I would like to do for a week. But it didn't work out. But this is God's favor again uh, in my life and ministry, in my family. Uh, you know, the Carson, Carson Park, which is fairgrounds, it's, overseas, it's overseen by Judge uh, Clymer, Judge Executor. He's the one who oversees it. This year, they didn't have a fair. They don't have anything happening there. And uh, I called their office, and I said... I want to do an old-fashioned tent revival. Can you give me permission? And the lady immediately said, we already declined a Christian ministry last month, and we're not going to give you permission. You might have more than enough 50 people, and we're not going to give you permission. And uh, I'm sorry. And uh, I said, ma'am, I don't have any agenda except to preach the gospel. And I want to bring hope to people with the what's going on in our nation. Can you help me? She paused for a second on the phone and said, Send me an email with the dates you want. I will show it to the judge on Monday morning. This was Friday. And I will see what he says. So Chelsea and I prayed and we believed God for favor. And I sent the email on Friday afternoon. Monday morning we got an email from the judge executive office. And he said, they said, the judge will allow you to have two nights if you want it. And I said, I'll take those two Amen. nights. Amen? So, I, and this was during, it's already getting dark in October. And uh, that week, there's too much cold weather that week. And it was raining in my natural mind. I want to go safe. I thought, I'm not going to pitch my tent. Because this tent costs seven thousand dollars, and it's going to take too much time to take it down and pack up everything, and I want to go safe. And God said, "This is a drill for you. Go and obey me and see what I'm going to do." You know what? We pitched the tent Sunday afternoon, preached Sunday night, Monday night, and we packed up everything Monday night in 50 minutes, guys. I pulled out. We pulled all those 20 stakes, three-foot stakes. And we packed up everything, it was raining, and we left Carson Park in 50 minutes. Amen? Amen. Only God can do that. Amen. Only God can do that. And you know what happened out of this tent revival? Uh, there's, uh, there's one couple, they're watching on, uh, they were watching on live stream, but uh, uh, they reached out Sunday night, and they said, uh, Jesus, we need you, right? We need help. So my wife was able to reach out to them and minister to them. And uh, uh, I have too many emails here. But what happened on Sunday night, there was a family and there's a teenage girl. She's 14 years old, I believe. And uh, 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 nobody told me anything, but she was having suicidal thoughts in her mind. She wants to kill herself. She has negative thoughts about herself, and uh, uh, anyway, this uh, I'll I'll just quote it. What she emailed: uh, uh, I laid hands on her uh, with my Bible on her on Monday uh, Sunday night. I ministered to her. She came back on Monday night and she got filled with the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you this: I didn't even preach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. She came to the altar. And Miss Marilyn and uh, Brother Philip, they laid hands on her, and she got filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? So these signs will follow when you go. When you go. When you don't even preach, but you just go and obey. Amen? And she emailed uh, uh, my wife, and my wife forwarded this to me, and said, uh, uh, I'm a new person since Sunday night. When I wake up in the morning, I'm a new person. I don't have any negative thoughts, and uh, uh, and God changed me. God changed me. Amen. And uh, but you know what, I had to obey out of my uh, put my flesh down and obey God, and I had to trust God, some fruit, a little bit, and I'm still contend- contending to go somewhere this year, and believe God and do some indoor meetings and where. I'm calling different places where I can rent a, a conference room and so where we can still have meetings. But, you know, God is faithful. God is faithful. I have two minutes. I'll tell one more uh, testimony. Uh, so I was driving to Mayfield. I had to give a bid to one of this. Uh, uh, she's the second largest cattle Turkey. She lives in Mayfield. So I'm, I'm finding my back roads because I dropped my guy at a job site and I'm, I'm driving on the back roads, and I don't know where I'm going. Chelsea and kids are with me, and there's this one semi-driver with his truck parked on the side in Lawlessville. He, he stops me on the ro- from the roadside and says, uh, I'm trying to find my way to Arkansas. It's been 20 years I've been on this route, and I'm lost on these back roads. Can you help me? And I'm like, I'm trying to find my way to Mayfield. <laughs> You know, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but you know what? I believe God, God, that was an encounter for me. And I had to obey God instead of thinking, you know what? I had to go to this place and give a bid. And uh, I have limited time here. I have my family in the truck. But you know what? I put everything down and I said, okay, I'll help you. And uh, his GPS was not working on his phone. My son brought a gospel track and gave it to him. And uh, I asked him to follow me. Behind, So I took him to a junction on 121 where he can take a right turn from the blink lights to go to Wycliffe. And then he can go on to Cairo Bridge and to Missouri to go to Arkansas. So I, dropped, I stopped on the shoulder side at this, at this junction. And I went to his truck. And I began to ask him, so do you know the Lord? Uh, do you read Bible? And he said, no, it's been a while. I've been to church and I began to read Bible. Uh, uh, I need to get back into life. I, I need to get back, uh, you know, with Jesus, and uh, I need to I need to be, you know, serious about what I'm doing. And uh, I uh, I asked him, Do you have a Bible in your truck? And he said, No. So there was a New Testament Bible in my truck, and I gave it to him. I told him to read the Gospel there, and uh, uh, and I asked him, are you, are you willing to receive the Lord and give your life back to Jesus? And he said, you know what, I'm going to do that. And I prayed with him. And he looked at me and said, uh, we need more people like you in our nation. And uh, I'm going to see you in heaven one of these days. And he wa- I drove myself and he, he, he left from that place. Uh, so opportunities are there outside and these signs will follow those who go with Jesus and there's more with us than who is uh, what's going around us amen and it's 12:01 i want you to I, I, i'm going to give a couple of minutes here uh, 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 I, I want you to i want you to just check your heart check your heart i want you to close your eyes and check your heart uh, see where you are with god today You know, what happens if you die today? Are you going to go to heaven or are you going to go to hell? There are only two places. Either you end up in heaven or you're going to end up in hell. But Jesus wants you to come to heaven today. Jesus wants you to come to home today. And you might be a prodigal. You might have lived for Jesus. You might have went to church. Probably had a good life for a while, but things got messed up. And you are away from God. And you need to get back into the house of God today. You need to get back with your fellowship with Jesus. And I want to give you an opportunity today. And I want to give you an opportunity to pray with you today. That you will know Jesus. That you will walk with Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That you might ask, you know, how can I come to Jesus? How, how Jesus is going to help me? You have to simply pray and believe that Jesus, you are my Lord and you are my Savior. And Heavenly Father, forgive me where I have missed you and I'm recommitting my life to you. I want to get back to you today. And I thank you for restoring things, a brand new start in Jesus' name. You know, if you're like the truck driver, I want you to come to Jesus today. I want you to get back into the house of God. I don't want you to play games. You're one foot in the church and one foot in the world, playing games and thinking everything will be all right. You know, when your clock stops on this earth, you have a decision. You're going somewhere. And I want you to come to heaven and walk with God. And I want you to be bold. Don't be afraid of anybody, but I want you to be bold this morning. If it is you, I want you to raise up your hand. That you need to give your life to Jesus. I see that one hand. Anybody else? We are in the house of God. We are family. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Anybody else? I want you to to be serious with God. I see two hands. I see two hands. Thank you. Thank you. The ones who raised your hands, I want you to be bold enough to come to the altar this morning. God will minister to you. Those two hands, those two guys, be bold, come to the altar this morning. Be bold, come to the altar this morning. Anybody else? Anybody else? Today is the day of salvation and hope for people. Hope. You need hope. You need freedom. You need freedom from the enemy, from the bondages.